are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. shine. Did you put us on? We're rolling. How was your time golfing? Yes. No, it was fun. I've only been golfing like three times on a golf course. Well, Chris brought me his Chick-fil-A, and I said, oh, yeah. thank you. Was that oh. the meal? For golfing, he said he, yeah. had a, he had the hot dogs and he was full, so he brought me a whole bag of mm, Chick-fil-A lunch. Did you bring yours to Elisa, or am I giving you away right now? So I was worried because I was like, oh, it's going to be like a cold chicken sandwich. I don't want to give that to my pregnant <laughs> wife, so I ate it before I got home. <laughs> and she didn't say anything about it. And then Michaela came home, and she was like, oh, we had extra Chick-fil-A. And Elisa's like, I want that. And I was like, <laughs> what? So, into the car you go. Yeah. Didn't, didn't have any of that earlier. So Michaela, so my sister brought Chick-fil-A for my wife. <laughs> yeah, Michaela. Sister-in-law points. Yeah. Well, welcome back, Shine Podcast listeners. Welcome back. This is Elizabeth. Oh, full names today. Catherine. Hello. I'm and Catherine. we are privileged to have Jonathan Osborne with us today. Yeah. It's great to be here. Jonathan was born and raised in Salem, Ohio. He's been at the Upper Room his entire life. He was homeschooled from grades one through six, and then he went to Heartland Christian School where he graduated. And after high school, he went to Youth with a Mission, and he has been serving there for nine years. He's lived in Kansas City, New Zealand. Germany and Kailua, Kona, Hawaii, where he's living there with his wife, Elisa. And if you guys didn't check in our podcast last week, make sure you check it out because we got the privilege of interviewing Elisa. They've been married four and a half years and they're expecting their first son in December. And Jonathan is also a three on the Enneagram. We're a table of threes. I was so excited. You guys got to tell me what that means. We're going to get it done. (laughs) So welcome. Great to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All the way from Hawaii. So, Jonathan, who or what turned your light on? It's a it's an interesting question for me to try and answer, you know, because I grew up in incredible home with a loving family, mm-hmm. a, you know, a God-fearing mom and dad. You know, I, when I think about my parents, I think about the verse where talking about raise your children the way that they should go. My parents really did that for me. You know, they really set me up for success in life, but also in my relationship with the Lord. Being a part of the upper room my entire life, being a part of an incredible church body that really just loved Jesus and really gave room for people to encounter him. I don't think I realized how blessed I was until I left, until I until I graduated high school. I didn't realize how blessed I was to be a part of this church. But it's funny because growing up, incredible Christian home, loving family, being a part of an incredible church family. I didn't realize how much was missing from my own walk with the Lord um, until my senior year. And I remember it so clearly. It was one night in February of 2011, my senior year. I was driving home from a basketball game. I kind of had my, my life planned out. I was really passionate about running sound. I love you know running sound for the church, running sound at Heartland. And so my plan was to really just tour with bands. Interesting. I was hoping to get out, get out on the road touring with bands, running sound, setting up stages. But I was going to go to school and get my degree in electrical engineering for that at YSU. So I had scholarship lined up. It really seemed like a really good opportunity, almost as going to start living the American dream straight out of high school. And I was driving through the circle one night, February 2011, my senior year of high school. I'm going home from a basketball game. And I was just like, you know, this plan just doesn't really seem like it's going to work out. 
it was just like this feeling of I was like, if I go to school, if I go to college, I feel like I'm just going to kind of just go with the flow and turn my back on God is really how it felt. It was like almost in a moment, the Lord like revealed, I don't know any other way to put it other than like the Lord revealed like my depravity just missing there's like this god-sized hole in my heart and if i go the route that i'm planning on going i'm i feel like i'm just going to walk away from him and it was in that moment i just i was like i i need to do something radical i need to do something different it was that was like five seconds driving through the columbiana circle Hmm. and i was like well i'm not going to school anymore (laughs) so it was literally i started on one side of the circle i was had all my plans i was going to college and everything and then i came out the other side of the circle i was like not going to college i'm going to join this ministry called ywam and youth with a mission had you heard about that before I'd heard about it. Uh, Karen Hawkins, who's a part of the upper room, you know, I'd always heard about Youth with the Mission. She was a part of Youth with the Mission. So I'd always heard stories about it, but I didn't really know fully what it was. Um, did you know when you were coming out of the circle that you were going to Youth with the Mission? I did. I, it was. <laughs> it's like the vortex. Come to Columbia. Yeah. Drive through the circle. Everybody should try it. So just drive around in circles until God changes your life. That's how it worked for me. I'm doing that tonight. It's a special circle. Yeah. It really is anointed. Every time I drive through, I think about that. I knew about Youth with a Mission. Youth with a Mission is such a huge organization. Mm-hmm. If you don't know about it, it's the largest missions organization in the world. We're in over 120 different countries, and we have opportunities for everybody to do anything, really. I mean, when you look at it, we just is such a broad focus and such a broad scope of what we do. And there was a ministry that had come through uh, Heartland when I was in, in my sophomore year. It was, a, it was a Youth with a Mission worship team that came from Russia. And the guy who was leading the team was from Dayton, Ohio, and... Now, this is a total YWAM story. If you don't know YWAM, it probably won't make any sense. But now that I'm in YWAM, it makes total sense. So it was a worship team from Russia whose leader was from Ohio. And they came through and was, they were leading worship one night. And I was running sound for them. As I was running sound, I was just like, well, there's missionaries who are worship leaders. So they probably need missionaries who are sound guys. So I talked to them and the guy, he was their leader. He was like, well, there's a ministry called Impact World Tour. It's a part of Youth with a Mission. And they were in Dayton, Ohio at the time. He was like, you should check them out. They use elements of culture to, to preach the gospel. And they have huge productions and they need sound guys. And they have a whole production team. And so they gave me a business card. I wrote Impact World Tour on the back of it. And I'd stuck it in the back of my drawer and just totally forgotten about it for almost two years. And then after that night, fast forward two years to my encounter the circle. in the circle. <laughs> you know, I, it was like I came out the other side and just immediately thought of that business card that I hadn't looked at for two years. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So I drove home, pulled it out, got on the website, looked up Impact World Tour, saw that they were looking for a production team. So the next morning I woke up and told my parents, I was like, well, I decided I'm not going to school anymore. I'm going to join this ministry called Impact World Tour, which my parents, you know, they they were in favor of me becoming a missionary, but probably after I went to school. They were trying to encourage me to go to school first and get my degree. And I was like, it was such an intense encounter when I was driving home that I was just like, I'm convinced this is what God's told me to do. And I don't think there was anything that anyone could have said to convince me otherwise. So that's what I ended up doing. I ended up graduating in June of 2011. And then July 16th of 2011, I packed up the car and drove to Kansas City, Missouri and did a training with Impact Road Tour, which was totally not what I expected it to be. I was told that it was going to be a production training, that they would teach me how to do live production and run sound. And there'd be a little bit that had to do with, you know, coordinating citywide evangelistic campaigns. And I got there and the training only had to do with coordinating citywide evangelistic campaigns. (laughs) It's all right. The Lord Uh used it. (laughs) But I got to be there and spend time with YWAM. And we're close to the International House of Prayer. Yeah. It was just right down the road, you know, so I got to spend, you know, every spare moment in the prayer room. Didn't spend quite as much time in there as I should have looking back on it, but 
Uh, just a really incredible experience. The Lord just really used that time, just really marked me, really used that time to just encounter me with his love. And so coming back to the question of uh, who or what turned my light on, I mean, it was Columbiana Circle. Yeah. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> you know, it was the Lord met me when I was driving in my car. That's and so good. I look back Had and I'm like... Had you been asking him about it or no. pondering it or you just Not at all. driving home from the basketball game? Just driving home. And like I said, it was the only way I can really describe it is I felt like the Lord just hit me in the face with just the reality of where I was heading. <laughs> I just felt so empty just in a moment. And like I said, I was just driving through the circle. It was like a five second. Like I just felt this like pit of emptiness of like I'm not walking in the fullness of what God's called me to. And if I continue down the path that I am going, then I feel like I'm just going to completely walk away from him. But the Lord gave me an opportunity and presented me with an option to really follow him and to do something different, to do something radical. Yeah, that's amazing. We, we've is. been talking about that. Kate and I growing up at the church and growing up in Christian families and getting to the place where we had to find it ourselves or really go a lot deeper than maybe we were when we were younger. So talk to us about that journey of going from feeling like in that moment where God, you know, spoke to you and you realizing that you needed to go deeper. How did that process look for you? Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I grew up at the Upper Room. I said, I mean, the Upper Room is in such an incredible church. And even for me, you know, there was this, the Upper Room taught me so much. I look back on my life and so grateful for everything, every opportunity that the Upper Room gave me. You know, to be able to walk with the Lord, I look back and see where I am now. And I wouldn't be where I am without the Upper Room or without my family. And it really came down to my own choices. I didn't fully grab a hold of what people were actually saying and what was being presented to me. (laughs) And I had that experience when I had that encounter with the Lord driving through the, the circle. I think coming out after that, you know, I had that moment, you know, but there was still a process that the Lord had to take me through. And, you know, I, w- I would like to say that everything worked out perfectly from there. And, you know, <laughs> it was like my life was completely changed from that moment on. And it was, but it, there was still a process the Lord wanted to take me through. And to be honest, there was still quite a bit of pride in my life, you know. Well, you know, I was raised in a Christian family and I went to the Upper Room Fellowship and, you know, I'm probably... Of course we're perfect. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the Lord rebuked me in that moment, but of course I'm still perfect. (laughs) You know, Youth with a Mission has a program called Discipleship Training School and it's kind of the the on-ramp to join Youth with a Mission and they want everybody to kind of have a foundational course to get everyone on the same page because we're such a large organization. We We wanted to have something that was kind of standard that everybody goes through, every staff member's been a part of. But for me, I felt that I was a little bit too good for that. So the Lord had a, uh, there's a little bit of pride the Lord wanted to kill in my life. And he was very gentle in that journey. Oh, very kind and gracious in the process. And so that was why I did end up joining the Ministry um, Impact World Tour. I think I I joined them first because I just wanted to jump right into being a missionary mm. and not have to go through a discipleship school. I've got this covered. <laughs> I've got this. And that's for... I went to a Christian high school. That's for everyone else you know, that's not as holy as me. So... Um, the journey that I was on like guided me through. And so I was with Impact World Tour for about a year. Well, I did the training. I learned how to uh, coordinate citywide and nationwide <laughs> evangelistic campaigns. Which is, just sounds right up your alley. Yeah, it was exactly what I always <laughs> want to do with my entire life. <laughs> and it was incredible. I look back on it now, I and mean, there's just so much gold in that. And I think I had a little bit of bitterness I had to get over as well, all part of the process. Yeah, but so interesting that you're getting into something where you're like, this isn't what I thought. This mm-hmm. isn't what I asked for. But then you get on the other side of it. You're like, thanks, God. That was good. <laughs> I look back and I'm like, I see why you had me do that training uh, and learn how to. You wouldn't have picked that. Not my first choice. 
But after after that training, I was able to work with Impact World Tour for about a year, helping with sound, live production. I was able to travel to Fargo, North Dakota with Impact World Tour and helped with coordinating the events as well as running the events, running sound and setting up the stages and everything. And then from there, I went to went to Scotland. I did a tour all around Scotland and the whole time, you know, seeing people encountered by the love of God, seeing people giving their lives to Jesus by the hundreds and thousands. And it was really incredible with that ministry with Impact World Tour, we we're able to partner with local churches and see the discipleship process, see people followed up. We didn't come in and see a bunch of people give their lives to the Lord and kind of just let them go on their own. You know, we did everything we could to plug them in with local churches and discipleship programs. And then from there, I um, I went to the Philippines and I did the same thing in the Philippines for a month. And that was in 2000, beginning of 2012. And then I did another smaller tour in the States. And it was right about that time where I realized like I'm not quite as far along in my relationship with the Lord as I thought I was, mm-hmm. that I haven't really made this my own. I've been following in the footsteps of my parents and those who have gone before me, but I haven't fully stepped into this relationship that God's calling me to and that God has made available to me. And so that's when I made the decision that I wanted to do a discipleship training school with Youth with a Mission. I would like to say that I sat down and prayed and got the word of the Lord, but I just decided that I wanted to go to the most beautiful place in the world. And I was like, well, if I'm going to go do this, I might as well go somewhere that I'm going to enjoy. Looked in some different places and got a few recommendations and decided to go to New Zealand, try to get as far away from Ohio as I could. And oh, I love Ohio now. Heartbreaking. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I, Kate has a place here for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love Ohio. My wife and I both do. But yeah, so I went to New Zealand to do my discipleship training school. And my goal in going to New Zealand was I'm going to do this six-month course. It's going to be three months of lectures and teaching on different topics of the character and nature of God, Father, heart of God, topics uh, of different understanding of the Bible, also on missions. I was going to go do a three-month outreach. My goal was pretty much to pick up where I left off. I was going to come back, go to school, get my degree, and continue touring with bands kind of pick up where I kind of left off when I was in high school and so July of 2012 I got on a plane flew to New Zealand and oh just a year later just a year later so after one year with Impact World Tour almost one year exactly I flew to New Zealand and started my discipleship training school within the first two days of landing there I just knew that it was home I just knew that it was a place that the Lord was going to encounter me and that it was a place where the Lord wanted me to stay for an extended period of time beyond my uh, discipleship training school and so and it was in that time we had um there was a house of prayer there the lord keeps bringing me to these places where there's houses of prayer Mm -hmm. and a huge focus on prayer spent time in kansas city with the international house of prayer and then the house of prayer in tauranga new zealand where i did my dts and we were connected with the house of prayer one of the leaders who had helped to pioneer the house of prayer in kansas city had moved to new zealand and started this house of prayer they were closely connected and so my dts we spent 10 hours a week in the prayer room and that was really where the lord started to kind of cultivate this depth in my relationship with him and depth and understanding the scripture and understanding his love for me was just getting in this place. It wasn't necessarily crazy encounters of worship. It wasn't these really long times of, you know, inductive Bible studies or anything. It was just sitting in his presence, sitting in a place where it was set apart just to look at him, just to gaze on the beauty of Jesus. And I look back and that was just such those three months that I spent on my DTS and then the three and a half years that I was in New Zealand after that. There was such precious times as the Lord really used that to shape who I am today. Kind of coming back to your question of the, the process the Lord had me on. Yeah. That was the Lord encountered me in the circle in Columbiana and I'm still in the process of discipleship and the mm-hmm. process of um, we all are. going to new depths in my relationship with the Lord. It was really during that time when I was in New Zealand 
Zealand where the Lord really encountered me, really grabbed a hold of me, grabbed a hold of my life. So good. So we've heard what you were passionate about even as a young teenager, but what lights you up right now? So what lights me up now? What lights you up now? It'd be the same thing. I would say now the thing that really lights me up is partially the same thing that I've always been passionate about, live production. You know, I, I love serving behind the scenes in a role where, especially as a sound guy, I get to sit in the back and see the Lord encountering people and get to be a part of that, of amplifying someone's voice or amplifying music. And as a sound engineer, you know, you really are a musician. You really get to bring all the pieces together of corporate events, whether it's, you know, a Sunday morning in service or just a worship night or a ministry night that I'm a part of out in Kona. And so that's something that I really enjoy. I really love running sound and being a part of that. But it's also so much more. You know, I love seeing people encountered by the love of the Father. So that really, at the end of the day, that's what really lights me up. It doesn't matter what it is necessarily that I'm a part of, but I just want to see people encountered by God. I want to see young people. I want to see old people, children. I want to see elderly, you know, encounter the love of the Father. And so there's just really nothing that gives me more joy than than seeing people step into a revelation of who they are and whose they are and step into an understanding of, of what Jesus bought for them. You know, so as a missionary, you know, I'm passionate to see people come to know God. Whether that's someone like me in my story, someone who was raised in the church or raised in a Christian family, or whether that's someone that's in a village in the Himalayas. And I want to see people come into an understanding, come into a revelation and a knowledge of Jesus. So that's what really has, has kept me going with Youth with a Mission. That's what really kept me on the track that I have been on. I've had a lot of tough times with Youth with a Mission. Um, not with the organization, but you know, just as a missionary, it's it's not always the easiest lifestyle to continue in. I think it's good to interject with that, though, just to say it's your passion and it's something that lights you up. Mm-hmm. But it's also something that is very difficult. Again, we're not. It's glitter and rainbow. Right. You know what I mean? But the idea that it's work. Mm hmm. Every day I find myself waking up and having the opportunity to choose who I'm going to serve, what I'm going to do. You know, every every day it's a, a new opportunity to go out and find a job, you know, find a, a, nine, um, to five. a nine to five job and with a steady paycheck. Uh, also, every day it's an opportunity to wake up and choose, am I called to this? Is this what God's called me to as a missionary? Is this the life that I'm choosing to live? And sometimes some mornings are easier than other to choose, but knowing that this is what God's called me and, and my wife to is to see people who don't know God come into the knowledge of him. Also seeing people who have known his love, maybe people who have walked away from the Lord or people who have been raised in the church and just don't have an understanding. Or sometimes there's people who, yeah, there's people who come from church backgrounds that are not, not quite as healthy as a church background that I came from, who just, who might have a skewed view of who God is. They don't have understanding of what it's like to walk in a relationship with the Lord. Sometimes people have to unlearn what they learned. Yeah. But it makes the struggle or when you have those doubts or those difficulties, it makes it worth it. Number mm-hmm. one, if you know that's what God is calling you to. And number two, that you know that these people are being affected. That's right. It makes it worth it. So how are you letting your light shine? My wife and I, we currently live in Kailua Kona in Hawaii. We actually live on, on the island of Hawaii, which is also known as the Big Island. So we're a part of Youth with a Mission. And the base is the largest base, missions base with Youth with a Mission. And Youth with a Mission is the largest missions base in the world. It was just the other day we were talking about it and we're like, we're actually part of the largest missions base in the world. It's a missions training center. Before COVID, we were having upwards of a thousand students per quarter who were coming in and being trained, who were going through discipleship training schools. We have secondary schools. 
Bible schools, schools of biblical study. We also have midwifery schools. So we have focus on, on medical missions. We have schools of art and illustration. So use how do we use media? How do we use art and graphic design? Are you teaching those DTSs? I'm not personally teaching. I currently, my, my main role is actually helping to oversee our production teams. And which is awesome. So you're um, living your dream. I'm living my dream. And it's really incredible. It's especially during COVID, the Lord really is bringing back dreams that I, I kind of let die. Had such a focus on discipleship and training and, and going out on missions trips or short-term outreaches all over Southeast Asia and India and Africa and all over Europe. And now it's like almost the Lord bringing it back full circle during COVID, actually coming and realizing just the power of the internet, power of Zoom. Who would have thought? And, and being able to help to shape some of our online schools. So I was a part of helping to run some online trainings with, with YWAM and helping to facilitate through Zoom and also helping with the recording of different corporate events that we do and just kind of helping to, to move our trainings and our lectures to an online platform and kind of realized how, how far behind we were and you know how far behind the rest of the world we were. You have to train people. You're muted. Yeah. You're muted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have to mute them. So <laughs> Dogs barking in the background. That's right. And so that's currently, I mean, that's a really practically what I'm a part of. And my wife, Elisa, you guys got to interview her last week. Yeah. Right? So she's, I'm sure she shared, but she's a part of the training of the staff, all incoming staff. So she's a part of the discipleship and the training of the staff. And a lot of them, you know, they're either stepping into a role where they're a part of the discipleship training schools, and then they, they're helping to lead those. But also a lot of them are going long-term into the field, moving to places that uh, for security reasons we can't say. So it's really incredible and just being able to be a part of that training and sending of people who are willing to go anywhere, of really seeing these brave ones, these ones who are coming, who are fully sold out for the Lord, fully sold out to see people all over the world reached and touched by the gospel. I have a lot of different roles on campus, on the base in Hawaii, but my main one is helping to oversee the live production, our live streams and our broadcast and recording for the ministry. Will that change after COVID? Or is this kind of your, the sweet spot right here that will stay and continue for a while? I think I've realized that this is something that I'll always be a part of because I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always awesome being able to do something that you enjoy for work. You know, I really get to do my hobby for a job. And so, but I know that the Lord is also has, has more for me. At the beginning of this year before COVID, uh, the Lord told me that I was more than just a sound guy. That it was something that I get to do because I love doing it, but that there's so much more than that. I have a heart for seeing the hardest and darkest reached. I love the discipleship. I love seeing people in America encounter the Lord. I love preaching the gospel in America. But I, I'm hit with the realization that there are people who have no access to the gospel. Last summer, Elisa and I, we had the privilege of leading a team to the Himalayas. And we literally, we took Bibles, we stuffed our backpacks with Bibles, and we got to trek to villages that had never heard the gospel before, that had never had the witness of Jesus. And we were able to go for the first time and preach the gospel and hand out Bibles. During that time, I think we saw six people give their lives to Jesus in a place that had never heard about Jesus before. And we were actually able to find someone in their vicinity who was actually a Christian pastor. It's a little bit of a side story, but while we were there, we were we were hiking in. We had no contacts. We had no idea what we were going to do. It was six days of traveling from the main city to try and get to these villages. By Is that the trip you got really sick on? I did end up in the hospital for two days at the end of it, but it was totally worth it. What a it. trip. And I would do it. I'd do it a thousand <laughs> times over just because it was just so incredible. 
But we we arrived and we were hiking in and we were praying and we got everyone. It was a team of seven of us. We got everyone to pray. We said, okay, we have a couple of different options. So we have option one, option two, and option three. So pray, ask the Lord for a number, whatever number you get. The majority, we're all going to go go with that one. And everybody prayed and everybody got the same number. And so we decided that we we're going to stay in a certain village in a certain area. And as we we're walking down, someone came along and they said, you know, start talking to our guides. They were speaking in uh, the local language. And so we had no idea what was going on. We come to find out that this man lived in the village that we had all prayed for and got the, the number for. Did. And he ended up being a pastor. And he was the pastor's father. And so it was this young guy who was in his 20s. He had just gone to Bible school and he had just come back from Bible school just a couple of months before we got there. And he had been praying. He said, Lord, this is a closed nation. If I preach the gospel, I can go to prison. So would you please send someone to preach the gospel for me? Because no one's going to hear, you know, it's so dangerous for me to, to share the gospel. So we were able to come in with backpacks full of Bibles and connect with this local pastor and preach the gospel. And there were six people who gave their lives to the Lord. And we were able to say, you know, there's actually a church. There's a pastor here who can do the discipleship and follow up. And now some of our friends in that area, they're still connected with them and seeing the discipleship and follow up. And I walked away from that just knew that this is what I live for. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And sometimes it looks like living in Hawaii, <laughs> running sound, but seeing the message be broadcast all over the world. Sometimes that looks like getting on a plane and going to the Himalayas or flying to the bush in Africa and going to these places that have never heard the gospel. And so that's currently what I've been a part of. That's currently how I'm letting my light shine. And I know that there's so much more Obviously, during COVID, they're limited in where we can go and how much we can travel. So as much as we can, you know, want to make Jesus known. So is there anything else you want to tell us? This was one thing that I did think about. Okay. I kind of wanted to share. And it's something that, probably not the uh, the fun fact that everyone's looking for. Oh, I want a fun fact. <laughs> okay, maybe afterwards. Okay. <laughs> I'll think of a, of a fun fact as well. But I was I was born and raised in Salem. And a lot of times, you know, I, I tell people when, you know, living in Hawaii or, you know, when Elise and I were living in New Zealand or Germany, and I'd say, oh, we're going back home to visit family. And But every time I come back to this area, you know, I love connecting with family. I love being able to hang out with friends and come and be a part of the Upper Room Services live, not over the podcast. But there's always this thing in me where I almost feel homesick when I'm here. It's funny thing. I've talked to some of my friends about it. Since being a missionary, it's like I almost feel this homesickness for places I've never been to. The other day, I was I was just scrolling through Instagram. One of my friends, he got to go. He actually went to he got to go to Mongolia with a bunch of other guys, and they took motorcycles out and they kind of just went. It was kind of like a bros trip, but they just took a bunch of Bibles and they went on a bunch of motorcycles and just went as far as they could to distribute Bibles to um, these plateaus, and these just, these vast regions where you might come across one hut with one family in the middle of nowhere. The most unreached, no, sometimes most people say that's the hardest place to reach. And they just spent a couple of weeks just going to those places and handing out Bibles and preaching the gospel. So I was scrolling through my friend's Instagram. I started seeing these pictures of these nations that he's been to throughout the Himalayas and so all over Asia and, and Africa and, and places that are very close to the gospel, who are very anti-Jesus. And I found myself on the verge of tears just looking at these places and being like, these people don't know Jesus. These people don't have the gospel. And I felt like almost it was like that same homesickness that I felt back in 2011 when I left home. And I was longing to be back in Ohio with my family and back in the place that's familiar. And it's funny now, I, I feel that same feeling when I'm here in Ohio, but it's for these places I've never been to. And it's these places that I long to go to, to see them reached with the gospel. These places I long to go to, to see Jesus made known and see Jesus made great. So it's something that, and it's something that I never understood. I was, I started having these feelings a couple of years ago, being in Ohio. I'm like, man, I love being with family, but I feel homesick. But it's not a homesickness for the home 
one that I'm used to. Kind of reminds me of that in Hebrews where it says the hall of faith and the giants in the scripture. And it talks that they were longing for a better country. They were longing for a better home. And so it kind of reminds me of that as well. You know, being here, that we're just in this temporary home here on this earth. You know, we're all longing for a better home. And you know, while we're here, while we're on this earth, you know, what, what impact are we going to have? Where has the Lord called us to? What impact are we having in the area and the domain that the Lord has called us to? So that's something that the Lord has been really challenging me with over the last couple of weeks since since I've been home, since I've mm-hmm. been here visiting family and friends and being, being able to join in with the upper room. Well, we have been blessed to have you here, and we're looking forward to your next visit because you'll have baby boy with you. Yeah, it's not going to be two of us. Home to meet everybody. So oh, that's right. Um, I'm so excited about that. It's been fun having you here. Wait, and I need Elisa. a fun fact. Oh. Oh, can't go back to Hawaii until there's a fun fact. Oh. Fun fact. <laughs> I used to teach at Heartland. Oh, you're my eighth grade teacher. And I eighth had Jonathan. Grade. You're my eighth grade English teacher. In English for eighth grade. And also AP English. AP too. That's right. Fun fact. Um, <laughs> so I'll just. An AP English. So it was, a, it was a college course. Or it could count as college credit. Correct. If we took a test at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, I had decided that I wasn't going to go to college, and therefore I had no need for my college credit. So forget that. So at the end of the year, um, Out the window. I just decided to not show up for my AP English test. And I remember Kate was livid. <laughs> what are you doing? But I, I decided I didn't need to take it because I didn't need the course. I just, but haven't you gone back to school? But then I did end up. Um, you wanted that course credit. <laughs> I wish that I would have taken the test. <laughs> I wish I would have gotten that, that credit. Oh, that cracks me up. So I did end up, yeah, during my time with Youth with the Mission, I was able to go back to school online. Found this really incredible university. Actually, they accepted my credits and my experience that I had with Youth with the Mission oh, and Youth with the Mission's University of the Nations. Um, I had some university credits with them that not many colleges accept those credits, but I found one that did. And you could have had AP credit. I could have had AP credit. could have finished it a little bit early, but I was able to get my degree. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. And I yeah, will take you. personal credit for how well-spoken you've been this evening. Oh, thank you. You and my Aunt Debbie. Okay, fine. I give it, I give it to both of you. <laughs> yes, Debbie. We get some of it too. My high school English teachers. Obviously. <laughs> Yay, teachers. All right, so we can be done now. All right. Fun well, yeah, next time we're going to have baby Osborne, the first grandson for your mom and dad. That's so right. that's exciting. He'll have all these little girl cousins. <laughs> yeah. So he's re- he's uh, he's in for a real treat. <laughs> he's a mover and a shaker, though. He'll be fine. He is. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah, it's been you. great having you. Thank you so much thank for having you. me on. It was great. We'll have, have to good. have you on next year to get the continuation of yeah. the new stories and where you guys that. are going and what you're doing. So I love that. Thanks oh, for will. listening, Shine Podcast listeners. Tune in next week for our special guest. <laughs>